You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Today's episode of Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Twisties. Twisties is my longest running client. I've been shooting for them for over a decade, and they are also the best site for lesbian erotica on the web. You know, on this show, we talk a lot about ethical porn and consent and boundaries. Let me tell you that when I shoot for Twisties, we cover all of those topics and you can rest assured that you are definitely accessing the most ethically produced porn out there. I, as the producer and the director, make sure of that. So check out twisties.com where you can access the hottest girl-girl scenes out there with big stars like Abella Danger, Demi Sutra, Kira Noir, Cherie DeVille, and Alexis Fox, plus up-and-coming newcomers like Jules Blue, Lulu Chu, Alexis Tay, Charlotte Sin, Giselle Blanco, and so many more. Go to twisties.com today. You will not regret it. Hi, I'm Holly Randall, and welcome to my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is a show about sex, the adult industry, and the people in it. I'm a 21-year veteran of this fascinating little industry, and as the eldest child of the trailblazing erotic photographer, Suze Randall, you could say I grew up in it. So forget everything you think you know about porn, because this show is going to change your mind. My guests are some of the biggest names in the industry, and we unabashedly reveal the real behind-the-scenes stories. The funny, the inspiring, the tragic, and the bizarre. Everyone has an opinion about sex work, but few people actually listen to the sex workers. So sit back and prepare yourself for a podcast, which is honest, raw, and unfiltered. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Before I introduce my guest today, I just want to give a quick shout out to my sponsors, Rex MD, who makes getting generic and branded Viagra so easy. Everything's online, even the prescription. There is no embarrassing doctor's visits, waiting in the pharmacy. And you can get started with a sample pack of Viagra for free if you go to rexmd.com slash holly. Okay, so you've seen my guest today on the cover and in centerfold of Playboys Around the Globe. Uh, she's a proud, sober bikini model, and she co-hosts the podcast Inside OnlyFans. Welcome, CJ Spark. Woo, thank you so much. What an intro. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing things. I didn't even remember some of those things, so that's good. I'm it's, proud of myself. It's funny. You like for, <laughs> you forget about all the things that you've accomplished or that you yeah do in you your do. life until someone reads your your bio and then you're like huh I'm like I have done shit with my life go me yeah that's right (laughs) I like that so um welcome thank you so much for coming uh we usually kind of you know with all my guests we start at the beginning um because you know we have unusual jobs Mm -hmm. and not everybody finds themselves in this career so how did you get started okay so I got started first doing the webcamming Mm-hmm. Way back in the day, I used to work for a company called Tizem. They had super tiny bikinis. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say mm-hmm. you might have heard of them. And um, 
we were they were kind of like one of the first bikini companies to do like the group shoots and mm-hmm. they were a, it was a very serious at the time it's a little now it's a little more um not quite as serious but very much then it was very serious i got scouted from myspace and i worked with them and um i was going back and forth to la and one day they were like you know you can make a lot of money if you just chat online to people in a bikini and this was again in the days of myspace and i was just like what in the world that sounds so bizarre i don't really know about that and um, i ended up getting a second dui and i was uh carless, licenseless, and needed money. And I was like, okay, tell me more about this, you know, chatting online to people in a bikini. And so that's how that got started. I got started working on Streamate, chatting with people um, very, very innocently, if you can believe that or not, or very naively at first. And then it started from there. I, I loved it. I thought it was so fun. And the checks were rolling in. And I was like, okay, give me more. Were you surprised by the kind of like what kind of conversations were you having? Because, you know, one thinks that when you webcam, it's always about, you know, sex. But I've spoken to so many webcam models who have said that a lot of times it's just guys looking for a connection and just someone to have a conversation with. And they talk about everything. Every yeah, everything. I this was probably well over a decade ago, Um, not to date myself. She's I mean, you already did. You said, my, you said MySpace. I said, so. <laughs> I said my, I know people sometimes look at me. They're like, what's that? I'm like, it was like Instagram and TikTok back in the day. Don't worry. About back it. when the dinosaurs existed. Exactly. Yeah. Back when you had a big computer, like yeah. a big one. And so we don't have those anymore. But yeah, so she's 37. We're looking good. We're doing the Botox. We're drinking our water, getting our sleep. And um, so I first started doing that, like I said, um, very naively, I really didn't realize at the time that I was excited to make money. I mm-hmm. was really excited for that. I've always been like a hard worker. Um, and so I just thought this would be a job that I wouldn't have to leave and I'd still have like the freedom to go and do whatever I needed to do at that time. And uh, so it was very intriguing. And I was literally just sitting there for the first few months um, talking about probably you know work and I remember there was one time there was a guy who would tell me that he was in a marching band and he would tell me all these different things and share with me that this was his dream to be in a marching band um there were businessmen people that were traveling back and forth and they're just like you know I'm in my hotel room and I'm I'm all alone like I'm just lonely and I seen you online you seem to be on here a lot and so I figured I would just check in and see what you're up to um there was a lot of very innocent conversations, especially right off the bat, because I didn't really know what was <laughs> I didn't really know where it was going to turn for me. Yeah. And I think at that point, too, you didn't realize, oh, there's money to be made if I was to go and do other things like take off my top. Mm-hmm. I just was like chatting with these people. I think it was like five bucks a minute or something. And so I would just listen and I thought, OK, I just need to keep them talking and I'll make my money like that. So there was no real concept of like. I could take my clothes off and say, okay, I need a hundred dollar tip, baby. I just thought I'm going to keep them talking. And for the longest time, there was really people on there that just were lonely and they Mm -hmm. just wanted a friend. I was on there all the time because I was at home with no license. And Mm -hmm. so we would kind of lean on one another. And from there it's, it started to where I'm like, okay, I think I'm kind of good at this. Let's see what else we can do. Yeah. Do you have any fans now that started back then? Yes. Yes. I have, I have one in particular 
Jesse. I always shout Jesse out because he's still with me to this day. Jesse, we love you. I follow him on Instagram. We still chat a little on Instagram. He's definitely at the top as far as like fans are concerned. I think one night, um, I can't, I can't recall when, but one night I even got in a fight with my um, boyfriend at the time. And I think I, I was like super drunk and I like called him on like face, not, not FaceTime, um, Facebook. I like, I was like, oh, I'm just having a bad day. And he was so shocked. Yeah, I bet he was. <laughs> Jesse was like, what is going on? And I was like, I'm just having a really bad day. And I don't know what to do. And he was like, oh my God. Okay. It's going to be okay. And we chatted on the phone on, on Facebook for like, I think probably 15 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I can't be doing this all the time. But like, I just really needed a friend. Yeah. And Jesse was there. Jesse so was there for you. He's my real life friend. <laughs> yeah, I love I I love my fans. I have some that have been with me from day one, and I love that you can really build lasting relationships, especially in that point where I just really didn't know where I was, what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I built lasting relationships, and I also had like people kind of turn on me too. I actually got like catfished really hard one time um, by, by a it, fan. Yes, by a fan. Yes. How did yes. that happen? Okay, it was so, it was so crazy to this day. I'm like, what is wrong with me? But I was lonely too. Like mm-hmm. when I first started the webcaming, I was I was lonely as well. I was feeling like I wasn't really doing much in my life, and I was kind of in a down, not a downward spiral, but in a downtick in my life. I just gotten my second DUI. I had really no way to work, and I was still working during the day, but I was like driving illegally. I was like really messed up about that. I felt so horrible. And um, so I moved down to L.A. for maybe like six months or so to live in this webcam house because I was just like, I'm not doing anything up here. Where were you living before? I was living in Galt or in Sacramento. Okay. <laughs> that, in that area in NorCal. And um, I just wasn't progressing. I was sleeping on a friend's couch and I was like, let me just go down to L.A. and move into this webcam house. It seems so scary because... Again, this was before. Now you hear of a webcam house or a webcam warehouse where girls go and they work and there might be 10 different girls in there and 10 different setups. That's that's pretty common. I know not everybody knows about that, but that's pretty common mm-hmm. to where you would have a specific workplace set up for your webcaming. It's like and, we work for webcaming. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Yeah, yeah. You go in there you, or even like, you know, like a dancers, but then you have all your separate rooms. You know, everyone, you know, the door person and, and it's a community. It's like a family. And this was in the beginning of that. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to go down to L.A. with these really people that I don't really know that well. I know them. I know I'm going to be safe, but I'm going to be away from my friends, away from my family. And I just was like, I don't really have anything to lose. Let me go down there and let me do it. So I went down there and it was me and two other girls in a big house. And I was happy doing what I was doing. But I was lonely. I felt like I didn't have any real connections. Everybody was very sweet and I was being well taken care of, but I didn't have any real connections. And I was on this webcam. We used to work at like eight, nine, 10 hours a day. Sometimes I would leave the webcam on when I slept, Mm -hmm. which is a fetish. That's Mm -hmm. a fetish. So people would even tip me. I would wake up and I'd have a few hundred dollars. People just like watching you sleep. Yes. 
I know it sounds crazy, but that's a real thing. There's yep. not a lot of people that are into that, but you're out there. God bless <laughs> you. I love it. Um, so we were on there for so long. And this was so new, too. And so it was just like the more you work, the more money you could make. And I didn't really have anything else going on at the time. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to work a lot. So I was on there all the time. And there was one guy on there in particular. Um, I think I've said his name before. It, it, this is so funny that I even like remember his name, but it was like JC Poopoo Head or JC Poopoo Face or something. <laughs> the weirdest name. What was he, 10? Like- I don't know. <laughs> and he knew all the other girls in the house. He was, that's how often he was on. Okay. Yeah. And it's so bad. It's so bad. But, anyways, I made a connection with JC Poopoo Face. <laughs> And please say his name often because it's <laughs> I know I couldn't I like couldn't everyone would call him JC of course you know but it's like JC poo poo face is back in on the you know he's asking for you when are you going to be done with your you know I'd be having a private show I'm like oh and this was before cell phones uh-huh. like we had we had well it wasn't that far but we'd have cell phones but it was still to the point where you weren't on Facebook you weren't um, they weren't like smartphones they weren't smartphones yeah they were like razors exactly it was a razor you yeah. were getting charged per text yeah so it's not like we are now you know we holly and i both have our phones within like an arm's reach and that wouldn't that's not deemed unprofessional but Mm -hmm. to have your phone sitting next to you or even within eye range was super unprofessional and Mm -hmm. so we knew like okay just put the phone away and so we would have the messaging system on the computer where we could see uh, the other girls could say jc's in here he's wondering when you're when your show is done and I could be doing the show and still kind of answer really quick. Oh, I'll be done in 10. So he gave me a little bit of money at first, but it was mostly just creating these um, friendships with the girls. He wasn't ever asking for anything. He wasn't mean. He was always complimentary. He would sit there all day on the computer with us and he would talk to each and every one of us and just was always very friendly. Um, I think we all got a little bit of money from him, but not really that much. And it seemed to be that he was somebody who just had a lot of free time. So he somehow convinced me that he was like this traveling uh, baseball player. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he told me that he was in like another country or whatever. He was traveling and he was lonely too. So he sent me, you know, these photos of I don't even know who this man was. Clearly it wasn't him. And uh, this man was like a good looking guy, you know, brown hair, brown eyes. And he's like always like in his uniform or about to swing the bat or something. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. Me, this is so cool that this guy wants to talk to me. Not really realizing at that point, I'm like, I'm like pretty hot and fun. Like, why wouldn't somebody want to talk to me? But I'm still like. Also, this guy's last name is Poo Poo Face. Exactly. Yeah. Which is not like, I mean, I don't, I I think I might have asked him like, what? You know, how did you get this name? And he's like, oh, it was a nickname my mom gave me or something. I'm like, okay, whatever. And so. I mean, that's st- you know, know. my husband calls my daughter poopy pants. So yeah, that's what but I. She's also two. <laughs> Listen, these are all things, ladies and gents, if you're doing the webcamming, these are questions you should be asking. <laughs> if someone's last name is poopy face, yeah. you might want to exactly. reconsider your relationship You might want to reevaluate what is happening with this person and not give them too much of your spare time. <laughs> So lo and behold, I am like, we continue the friendship and we talk, we start talking off of the website. I'm thinking I'm talking to this, um, you know, young, hot, lonely guy. And I start sending him money to get a webcam because he's like, yeah, my webcam broke. 
my you know this is before webcams are like webcams are everywhere now you buy a computer if it didn't have a webcam we would be like what kind of archaic piece of crap is this yeah yeah yeah. they all have it's 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 written in built in yes exactly and so um this was still at that time too and they were pretty expensive so i sent them like a hundred dollars to get one from walmart and it was like you know excuse after excuse i sent them a hundred dollars a couple more times and finally i was like look I'm not going to talk to you anymore if, like, we can't get on a webcam. This is starting to get really weird. So, he and we would talk very late into the night. I'd be up late with him. I'd be up early. He'd be the first one that I'd, like, log in. He'd be the first one that was there. So we were very much, like, leaning on one another. I would tell him, like, I'm I'm sad. You know, I just – I'm not sure if I'm doing the right thing. And But is he paying to talk to you? Is no. it a permanent – Okay. No. So this is – because I know that now – um, a lot of times it's it's not a pay per minute situation. It's like a tip situation, mm-hmm. or they get like extra. They mm-hmm. pay extra for a show. Or I know on right? OnlyFans, yeah, you're not necessarily charging for per minute. I think right. on some of the web web uh, webcam sites, you you still are being charged for a minute, and then if you need something extra, you're expected okay. to tip extra. Yeah, but we would. This was Skype. We oh, like switched over to Skype because okay. we were that good of friends. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. And so finally, I was just like, "This is not cool." We're supposed to be friends. How come you can't show me your face? So finally one day he got turned on the webcam. And um, I'll never forget it was um, an older man who wasn't very fit. He was a little bit um, looked out of shape, a little larger. And it was black and green. Like the webcam was black and green. And there was PCs like all around like this. And there was like a, you know, like a like a big gulp or something right here next to all the PCs. And it was like in black and green. So he was surrounded by computers. Surrounded by computers. It looked like a basement and was somebody that was not, obviously not that, it was not a professional baseball player. It wasn't the Jesse <laughs> Poopoo face. Yeah, that you it wasn't the Jesse Poopoo face. Exactly. Yeah. And I thought, you know. What did he say? He He just like kind of looked at me and I was just like, looked at him and I think I was so distraught because at that point I was like obviously I'd been lied to I stayed online with him I stayed online for like another 10 minutes and I was just like well I guess this is why you didn't well Mr. Poopy face <laughs> yeah what yeah. do you have to say for yourself exactly because I was so shocked but Holly here's the thing I stayed talking to him I like was we weren't like boyfriend and girlfriend but I that connection yeah I didn't want to give that connection up yeah and we were so connected um that I did stay talking to him for a while but I was like I sent you money like I've told you like the innermost workings of like you know my good days my bad days and you were lying to me and so I was really hurt but I stayed talking to him for like probably another year I stayed talking to him and then finally but it wasn't the same so finally one day I think he got mad I I didn't answer something of his or he felt like he was being neglected and I was just like listen I still talk to you after everything you lied to me and you know like we're still friends and I want to be your friend but like it's not going to be the same Mm -hmm. you know and so that was really tough but I got catfished so I'll never forget that yeah. I'll never forget that. If it makes you feel any better, I don't think I've ever told this story, but I got catfished by somebody pretending to be Danica Patrick, the race car driver. I actually had forgotten about this. This <laughs> happened how? how? I know. So long ago. 
it was like her assistant who called us. And this was back when I was, my mom was still shooting and I was working for my mom. Mm -hmm. And they basically said that Danica had like some sexy glam shoot coming up or wanted to shoot some sexy glam pictures. Mm -hmm. And she wanted Suze to shoot it because she wanted a woman to photograph her and she wasn't necessarily comfortable. Like, doing sexy photos because it wasn't her thing and she thought like all legit and, sounds and, legit. which sounded legit and my mom was like um my mom i think was like on the edge of retiring and she was like i'm not gonna do this and i was like i'll do it mm-hmm. and so then i started talking to them and it was never danica it was always like her assistant mm-hmm. um but yeah and then you know there was several conversations and then there was like she was supposed to fly in and meet us then there was some what seemed logical excuse as right. to why she couldn't. And then, uh, and then there was some there, it, it started to get like right. super fishy. I was like, mm. because at first, like it took them a while to convince me. I'm like, why the fuck? Like Danica Patrick can have anyone. She right. like, why would they want it to be me? And right. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Right. You know, you could have any, there's tons of female right. photographers out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this person was super convincing. And then, you know, after a while, Did it's just like, get money out of you? I don't think so. No, no, they didn't. That was the weird thing. It was like uh, at the end, I was like, "What? What would? What did you want? Like, right. what were you trying to get? Right? Like, what?" And I guess I don't know. They just, I think they just wanted to feel important. I think they did too. And they just wanted to like, maybe it was a fantasy in their head that they yeah. like thought was a reality. But yeah, yeah so. I think people are are lonely and longing for connection, and yeah. I think that's why OnlyFans is kind of gotten so big because you know as we all know porn is out there for free you Mm -hmm. can go and watch porn for free you shouldn't you should get it homegrown from the creators however you know i've definitely been like traveling somewhere and i'm like okay let me you know google this really quick and let me have some fun yeah and you know we we all do it but it's like there's no connection you open the phone what you watch what you need to watch and then you go on you know you do what you need to do you go on about your day but i think that's why um something like OnlyFans, you know like there's that real connection and i think yeah. that's how the webcaming really worked too is yeah. these people really felt like you know this is my my girlfriend or this is my friend at least mm-hmm. that i know and, and and love and care about and they also know and love me in a way and care about me too yeah. and it's that connection that you keep coming back for more yeah, yeah yeah i mean yeah there's definitely that that like fan creator connection and speaking of you you dated a fan once right yeah <laughs> okay we are gonna take a quick commercial break and then we're gonna come back for that story because i know you guys um love to hear those kinds of stories so hang tight and we will be right back we all know adam and eve is the one-stop shop for everything sexy and now with my code holly you can get any one item for 50 percent off plus 10 free gifts. And you'll even get free shipping. So spice up your sex life at adamandeve.com, but only if you use code Holly. Hey guys, we're back. So, all right. So CJ, you, you have dated a fan who was not Jesse Poo Poo Face. It was not... Jesse is the good one that I'm still with. This was JC. JC poo poo face. Sorry, Jesse. I didn't mean to get you and JC poo poo face mixed up. Two distinct people, different people. Um, Yeah. So tell us your story. So again, this is with with the webcaming. I was like, so I just can't even believe sometimes, you know, like the things that we 
do. I have a lot of looking back in this and sobriety where I'm like, how did I make it out? Girl, <laughs> I feel you so hard yeah, on that. <laughs> I'm so grateful that we, you know, we get to sit here and tell these stories now. But this is one of the things that I was doing the webcaming again. And um, this guy had came came into the room and like he would book, came, when I say came into the room, he would book like a private webcam room. So mm-hmm. I was I would be in the living room or I would be in my bedroom, but he would take take me to the the private where he's paying um, a premium. It could have even been like 10 bucks a minute or so to have me all to himself because you can take the webcam performer to a room, but then other people can also come in and mm-hmm. kind of watch. And then he would take me to the private room where it would just be him and I one-on-one, which didn't always happen very often. So, because it costs a lot of money. And so this guy would say, okay, you know, I'm so-and-so I'm going to come, you know, what are you doing for the next hour? I'd be like, well, I'm just doing this. And so it's okay. I'm going to take you to the, we're going to go private for, for an hour. And he would do that probably four or five days a week for like, I think it was probably almost a year. He never asked me to get naked. Once again, he was just like a traveling uh, businessman, and we would just talk about his family, his kids, his – well, he was getting divorced, so his divorce, his kids, um, his work, where he was traveling to. I mean, it got to where we would talk about his mom and his um, you know, extended family, friends, different things. I got to where I like knew everything about this guy. And I had, yes, I know what everyone's thinking right now at this point. Did you ever see this man on the webcam? Yes, I did. And he was, and he was in fact, you know, who, who, who he said had, he was. Yes, who he had painted himself to be. It was him. Yes. And so, uh, yeah, I learned that lesson. And um, so he was like, is, is there ever a way? So after we'd been talking for about a year, again, he'd never seen me naked. There was never any like a sexual innuendo. We were just spending time together. I knew that he was attracted to me. Um, and after a while I was like, you know, intrigued by him as well. So I, we had planned to meet, I was living in LA and I was going back to Sacramento and, uh, I was going to visit some family and I said, well, I'm going to Sacramento. Um, I'd be in in between Sacramento and LA, you know, this month. And he was like, well, I'm actually going to go check out a hotel in Sacramento. And I was like, oh, okay. Wow. All right. So, you know, why don't we just meet for lunch? And so we met for lunch again, you know, I was like, I, I just, nowadays I would be like, okay, what, you know, like, what are you going to be wearing? What are you going to be doing? I, I have an hour tops. Like it's not, I don't even know if I would do this, but I think I would just be so much more proactive at this point. I'm like, yeah, let's go meet for lunch at this place. And da, 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 da. and uh, so we, we met for lunch and, you know, fast forwarding through a lot here, um, we already had that connection. So when I met him, um, he spoke like several different languages, which I didn't know. He like um, turned around to order something. And I think he might have saw that the waitress looked Spanish or something. And so we were at a Mexican restaurant and he started speaking Spanish to her. And I was like, whoa, oh, my God, that's I didn't see that coming. That's pretty sexy. Um, He dressed well. He smelled good. And he was older than me. He was about 20 years older than me. And I was just so intrigued. I was like, wow, you know, this is I can't believe I'm like meeting my friend in person and like, whoa, my friend's pretty hot. And so I was intrigued from the from the very minute we had met. And uh, we hung out as friends, you know, for I think a couple days 
longer after that. And then we spoke on the phone about potentially going to see each other in a romantic way. And I did. (laughs) And after that, it was like off to the races. Um, We had incredible chemistry. We had a real connection. That was the thing. I don't think I would have ever been able to do this Mm -hmm. if we didn't have that real connection. And I, I get offers all the time, you know, on Instagram or even on OnlyFans. Oh, would you ever meet a fan? And it's like. I, you know, of course, nowadays, it's it's a lot more dangerous, unfortunately. Um, you hear these crazy stories all the time. All the time There's about, a lot of predators out yeah, there. Yeah, about these women. And um, I feel so fortunate that I had such a positive experience because there was no indicator whether it was going to be good or bad. I just felt like I had known this person for so long. Um, but I I ended up getting, like, in a very, in a very serious relationship with that person and that guy ended up being my very first sugar daddy oh, yeah okay. I didn't know what that was until I guess I wouldn't say sugar daddy though there's been some talk about that because I have heard from people like a sugar daddy is not somebody that you like love or that you would call a boyfriend or that sometimes these girls are like not even having sex with the sugar daddy yeah. I'm like I don't know what the point you know if I'm like with somebody and I'm making it seem like we're in a relationship. I feel like I'm going to have sex with that person and right. I'm going to be like also emotionally invested. So I don't know, maybe I wasn't so good at that part, but this guy was, was a my boyfriend. Relationship? Well, for me, it was a monogamous relationship. Not so much for that guy because oh. I found out that he wasn't in fact going through a divorce. He was oh. very much still with still the wife. Married. And like a year later, she called me one day because she had found a receipt from – he had bought me some jewelry and she had found the receipt. I think he wanted to get caught. I don't know. This poor guy. He has like four kids. First, he told me he only had two. I was going through a divorce. Then it came out that he had four. Then it came out that he was still living in the same house as his wife, but they were sleeping in se- separate rooms. And that, so it's like it all started to unravel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but here I am. I'm just like, okay, let's let's be boyfriend and girlfriend now. Like I was just very – I'm – Grew up in a small town, so I'm so trusting. It's one of the things I really like about myself still, but it definitely has gotten me into some situations. Yeah. Where I'm like, why didn't I see that coming? That was not smart. Yeah. So that being said, I just took everything that he had told me at face value. But I will say it was um, it was a beautiful experience for me because I had never had anybody um, treat me in that way where I needed to move. And he was like, Got some. I was like, I'm gonna have to pack everything up and move, and I'm so frustrated. And I don't know when I'm gonna have the time to do this. And he was like, Call a moving company, I'll get you moved. And then I got into my new place, and he was like, Do you need anything? And I was like, Yes. I I had moved out from a um, roommate a situation, and I moved in somewhere by myself, and I didn't have a lot of the things. And he was like, Make a list, and I'll handle it. And I was just like, Wow. This is so incredible. This is so attractive. At that point, I wasn't I wasn't anybody that was like needing. I really needed the help and the guidance. And mm-hmm. so he wasn't like out buying me like a Birkin or like a pair of Louboutins. He was like buying me dishes. <laughs> I was like, I need like a matching cup and like some forks that match. And, you know, like, can you maybe pay like the deposit and then I'll pay the next month? I, I had a guy who was, yeah, I don't know if I would call him my sugar daddy either. I never slept with him. He was just like a fan who yeah. appreciated my work and he kept wanting to get me stuff. Absolutely. And I was very uncomfortable with it. And for the longest time, I was like, I don't yeah. like want anything. Mm-hmm. And then 
you know, he just kept saying, yeah. like, I really want it. And I'm like, look, I'm like, I will never sleep with you. I right. will never, like, this will never happen. Right. But if you, like, really want to get me something. Right. So he's like, I'll buy you shoes and, like, clothes. And I was like, um, I need new lights. Yeah. For my right. studio. Right. And so he bought them for me. And Incredible. I was like, okay. I think there's something <laughs> so fucking beautiful when a man wants to take care of a woman. But I am not a proponent of, like, oh, it's a free meal or, you know, like, mm-hmm. women using men and kind of like manipulating because we hear a lot of that like oh you know um get your bag girl or whatever like i yeah buy me a fucking bag yes however you're like we're going to be in a relationship i'm not going to lie to you so i love that you were like told that guy listen if you want to do for me that's cool however i'm not going to like lead you on or give you any type of illusion that we're going to ever be together or that i'm going to sleep with you or that you're really going to get much out of it if you're going to do this for me it's like you said it's because you're a fan and you want me to continue creating yeah that's exactly what he said he's like look at it more like i'm your patron Mm -hmm. you know how back you know in the renaissance like michelangelo mm-hmm. had like a rich patron like yeah. pay for him to like do his paintings mm-hmm. he's like i want to help you and like support your career mm-hmm. and so that's I a was, fetish that's a king yeah and i was Who like were we to say no yeah and he gave me a deposit helped me buy my shoot van that's incredible. which I, but like yeah it was funny because none of the gifts were ever like sexy they were very practical and yeah. i've always been incredibly independent mm-hmm. and always taking care of myself and actually with like my ex-husband like i paid all the bills i supported wow him like so i'm usually the one who's the provider so I just it, had was, a heart attack. it was weird <laughs> to have somebody like buy me stuff because i've never i've literally never had that situation before yeah it's for me i found <clears throat> that was one of the things i mean this is gonna sound crazy but I, it was actually very healing for me you said one of your love language. We we talk about love languages, yes. and you said that your love language was receiving gifts. Yes, yes, and more often than not, it's like it's not even just the receiving of the gifts. It's somebody saying they're going to do something and follow through. Yeah, um, which I think is inherently um, is is ma- it's it's not inherently masculine, but it is incredibly masculine to be somebody that you say I'm going to do this, and then you show up for that. It can also be a, a feminine trait, but it feels. For me, I just like want to be I want to be taken care of. I want to take care of others, too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very feminine quality to give of yourself, even to the point where sometimes we give so much and we're yeah. like, wait a minute, I need, I need to take a bath. I need to light a candle. Yeah. I need to read a book. I need to do something. Yeah. Um, but so I would say probably a feminine quality is to give, 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 but also to receive. Mm-hmm. It's an incredibly feminine thing to receive. And I think that, um, you know, growing up, I've had some daddy issues. We all do. Parents are divorced, so on and so forth. Um, One of the things that happened growing up is like, you know, my dad would say he was going to do these things and he and he didn't either because maybe he didn't have the means or he maybe just didn't know how to like show up for his daughter in that way. I was the firstborn and and it's I'm I'm a I'm a daughter. So it's like sometimes I think um, especially men might not you know especially with the firstborn you you kind of you might learn through trial and error on the firstborn and then when you get to the second or the third you're like okay I know how to do this right now because I fucked up with the first one so I think there was a little bit of that with me I'm not trying to um, point the finger or pass on any blame because I'm grateful the way that I turned out but so for me when somebody says that they're going to do something 
And sometimes that does equate to gifts. That for me is like, makes my pussy wet. (laughs) Y'all. <laughs> They're like, even when your dad does it, yes. No, just kidding. <laughs> but it's like, it fe- I feel my most feminine when I am being cared for in mm-hmm. that way. Yeah, I can buy myself a nice pair of shoes or I can buy myself jewelry, but it doesn't it doesn't sit with me in that same light. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. And that's actually something I'm working on with my therapist. I have a sex therapist um, that I started seeing. Um, probably like three or four years ago, well, three, three years ago, right around the same time I got sober. So it'd be about three and a half years ago. And I started actually trying to practice to doing those nice things for myself mm-hmm. and not, um, always expecting others to do that and even asking for other people to do that for me. So that means either romantic partners, professional, or even in my friendships, um, I asked for what I need. And sometimes it's a fucking gift. Sometimes it's a gift. And you know what? We can talk about it. We can figure out maybe when a good time is to purchase it. If it's an expensive gift, you know, maybe it's not right that moment. Maybe you got to wait a few weeks or a month or whatever. And um, that for me is it feels so good being able to ask for what I want, Mm -hmm. even if it's something I don't necessarily need. Yeah. But if it's something that I want, it's okay to ask for it. You might not get it at that very same minute or even the next day but there's power in the self-love that it takes to kind of show up for yourself and say you know what I really I really want this bag babe I really want this pair of shoes babe maybe we could go and have this fun with these shoes you know maybe I get you know we get kinky in the bedroom and this guy either likes the shoes or he's just like fuck you look so hot with those shoes on because I know it, you know, I did this for you or I know it turns you on. So it turns me on. Mm-hmm. I get turned on by gifts. I get turned on by taking care of. I know it's not the same for everybody, but for me, I've done a lot of work around that. And and that's, that's absolutely my love language. I think it stems from childhood. I think everything stems from childhood. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's the long and short of it. Yes. Gifts are my love language. <laughs> but I mean, I think that's a really, that's really great that you can, you know, acknowledge what you need. I think that First of all, it's hard to 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 acknowledge what it is that you need and then to ask for it. Because yeah, asking for for anything feels you know, I mean, I, I'm so bad at asking for help. Yeah, I'd rather scary. just I'd rather just throw a tantrum. Mm-hmm. You know, if I need like my husband to help me with something and mm-hmm. he you hold doesn't, it I hold it and I'm like, yeah. fine, I just do it myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm yeah. all pissy about it. Yeah. You know, rather than being like, look, like I actually really yeah. need your help with this and yeah. can you show up for me mm-hmm. I would really appreciate that mm-hmm. because I think also too is as women were taught to to not ask yeah don't you know for boat. help yeah just mm-hmm. like do it all yourself mm-hmm. I mean I don't know maybe it's not even a female thing maybe it's just a human being thing I think we're all scared of rejection I'm scared of rejection yeah I'm so scared of rejection that's why I was like thinking I was like gonna be in love with a man, JC Poo Poo face off, off the internet. You know what I mean? And that's where even before I'm so scared of rejection. And that is why primarily I date on the internet. Like everybody knows my biggest thing is that I'll, I go on seeking arrangements. I'm not, on, not on Tinder. I'm not on hinge or bumble or any of that. Or I don't know if it maybe is no hinges for straight people. There's a gay one. I'm not on that one either. And, um, because I'm so scared of even being rejected in, like in person, I'm like, well, at least if I 
message this guy and he just reads it and doesn't respond. It's like, it's not as painful. I'm scared of rejection. I'm sure everybody is scared of rejection. Yeah. And that comes to like the super small things. Like you were saying, you, you might, you know, maybe, Hey, Hey babe, can you turn the car on? It's cold. And, or the big things when you're like, Hey, I need to go have some me time. Can you watch the baby? You know, or I, it's, it's not, I think it's just like a level of like, I mean, this is this is like a little bit of like 12 step jargon, but we just don't feel worthy. I know mm-hmm. I just don't feel worthy all the time. Yeah. But that's what I like about asking for something because I'm reaffirming I'm good enough to ask for this. Now, there's another person involved. So they may say, you know what? I can't do this right now, but maybe let's revisit it in the future. Mm-hmm. But you I think you also have to come from a space of like, hey, if I at least ask for what I need, that's a win right there. Yeah. Now, whether or not they can provide or do what you're asking at that very moment, that's different. That's besides the point. But I've learned too, if I ask for what I need, that's like a form of caretaking myself. Yeah. 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 And dealing with rejection in a healthy way is such Mm a big step. I mean, I remember for me before, you know, I met my current husband and got married, you know, and I was out there dating and, you know, there were, believe it or not, people, I got rejected by some guys. There were some guys that I I was into who didn't feel the same way about me. Idiot. Can you believe it? Fools. Oh my God. But you know, I, I was, I was actually proud of myself of being able to be like, you know what? Yes. I'm just not right for this person. Yes. I'm not right for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. I'm, it doesn't mean that I'm not worthy. It doesn't mean that I'm not attractive. It doesn't mean that, you know, I don't have something to give and there's not other people that would love to date me, but mm-hmm. I'm not right for this particular person. Right. And that's okay. Right. And they saved you time. Yeah, it's a hard it's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, but really, no amount of money will ever get back that wasted time. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. So you have on your Instagram that you are a proud sober bikini model. (laughs) Um. So tell us why that identity is so important for you. Oh, it's so important. Being sober is so important, especially online. And um, in our 12-step program, it says that we're kind of not supposed to be touting that we are sober and so much like the 12-step program, um, which obviously I don't really adhere to too well. Um, I feel like I drank online, so I have a responsibility to also be sober online. And what that looks like for me is not necessarily saying, I'm sober, you should be sober too, just sharing just sharing about my sober journey, my sobriety, just like I would share, oh, going with the girls to brunch, to have a drink, cling, cling. Um, I, I try to just share because, you know, you get, you have those people that are maybe like a religious sell it and they're off on the soapbox and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's Tom over there. He's talking about God again and you don't listen. Nobody mm-hmm. listens. It's, it's a turnoff. And so, but if you're just sharing, like that's really what social media is all about. We're all sharing just kind your experience. of, sh- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sharing our experience, sharing our journey. And so I just try to um, share about my journey. So I probably just a little over three and a half years ago, I kind of knew I had a problem with drinking. I was never very good at it. I just always drank way, way, way too much. I actually even got um, hit by a train once while I was like trying to impress this guy. Wait, (laughs) hold on. 
So you literally had a train ran on you. Yes. No, not a train ran on me. Yes. No, no. no literally no. a train it ran on you. A literal Not train. a gangbang. Exactly. Not a, I know. Not, I know. Might be Not different. the podcast headlines that we like to use to get a lot of clicks. She literally, can I please put this as a highlight and be like, the time CJ had a train run on her and the story is actually that she got hit by a train. Shit, Not that she had a line of guys banging her. A literal train, an actual a choo-choo train on the track. Oh God. Yeah. This is so wild to me. I still cannot even believe that this happened to me, but it really happened. And there's like some real factors in it. Um, I was so I was trying to impress this guy. I think I was trying to drink like a forty pack. Okay. Was that like a thing or like a twenty four pack or a forty pack? And uh, this is when I was still living in Galt at the time. This guy like still I know he still watches my um Instagram sometimes. So buddy, if you're out there, you'll have to maybe leave a comment and corroborate the story. Um, we were all hanging out at his house. I grew up in a small town. Not a lot of wealth or excitement going on there. So like small town people do we were like fucking around on the railroad tracks i don't know somebody had a stick we had beers we were just like doing whatever and we he lived across from there and the railroad tracks were down the street from my house so this was wasn't something that was new we just kind of did it all the time and i was so drunk out of my mind because i was trying to drink a 40 pack of like bud light ridiculous and i wanted to be so cool i thought this would impress this guy this poor guy and we were on the railroad tracks and a train was coming toward us <clears throat> like had happened many times before, but I was so drunk and like out of my mind that I was like, Ooh, wouldn't it be so cool if I could touch the train? Sounds dumb. Sounds so dumb. I get it. But here I was walking towards and everyone's like running across, you know, running across the street and they're like, CJ, CJ, you know, get, get over here. What are you doing? And I'm like walking towards the train. I swear to God, I don't know if you've ever seen like the fly to the fly zapper, but that was like what it was where you're like, you're like hypnotized. So then the train gets super close. And I don't know if y'all have ever been very close to a train, but when it gets so close, you're like, wow, it's coming very fast. It's not coming very slow. It looks like it's just creeping up, creeping up. No, 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 no. Now you can see the sheer, the fastness of it. Well, also what starts to happen is the train starts to suck you in, like the wind or whatever, the, I don't know, wind tunnel or whatever, it it sucks you in. So it's coming closer to me and I start to feel myself um, walking towards it un- involuntarily because I'm being sucked in at this point. How fast was it going? I have no idea. Could, couldn't tell me. I couldn't even, I couldn't tell you what color it was. And um, this was at night. So I'm like, you know, drunk at night. The train person can't see me, I would imagine, or he's going. So well, they can't fast. stop it fast exactly. enough to not hit exactly. You. So there's nothing like yeah. you could be. Oh, there's a woman on the tracks, and so um, so I wasn't on the tracks. I'm to the side, and so I am getting sucked in as this train is coming towards me, and I start panicking. I'm like, "Fuck, fuck! Is this a? I'm like, is this the way that it ends?" And I just remember thinking, like, I'm seeing the bright lights. It's coming towards me. I cannot move. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm being sucked in. And I'm like, fuck, this is fucking it. And I'm freaking out. And the train comes towards me. And something jutting out, it starts to pass. And I'm being sucked in. And something's sticking out. And it hits me. And I fly. I literally fly, like, into the, into, like, a ditch. The 
conductor realizes that there's been a shift in the wind that he hit somebody. So the conductor shuts the train down and it's like screeching to a halt. It must have obviously been like a short train because somehow I get up, run across the tracks into the house and um, hide in the closet. <laughs> I'm like, that'll I'm really hidden away. And the railroad police come out. The The train stops. The whole Southern Pacific is like shut down this particular track. Because if you think about it, there's other trains behind it. They're yeah, all on a time yeah. schedule. The whole thing gets shut down. The railroad police and the regular police are going door to door knocking. Is everybody in the house accounted for? for? Is everybody that you guys know? Everybody's in here and everyone is okay. They're like, yeah. The whole It was like in the news. They couldn't find a body. It was like a whole thing. I could have gotten in so much. I could have died first off, but I could have gotten in so much fucking trouble. That's yeah. a huge fine. Yeah. I hope they don't find me now. And I probably shouldn't be talking about this, but it's maybe fine. I, I, I feel like the statute of limitations is over a decade ago. Yeah. But yeah. So I was literally hit by a train. My arm was like knocked out of the socket the next day. So we had to pop my arm back into the socket. I had like a huge bruise, but it, like, like, drunkards do i like escape death with a fucking scratch wow insane right so so crazy and i and i like i and that wasn't uh no that wasn't your wake-up call no yeah. no i thought we we thought it was like funny and it's so and there's you know there's multiple stories like that and so this is the thing too is that when it cut like when it comes to being like a, I guess like a alcoholic or even like just a drunkard. There are so many stories that I have like that where it's like I just narrowly escaped death, but it doesn't even dawn on me until um, I'm sitting here today with you or I'm in, um, I'm in a meeting and I'm maybe listening to somebody else speak and I'm like, oh yeah, wow, that happened to me too. And, but back in the day, you're like, ha ha, oh my God, that was so crazy, right? And then you just like go on about your day. And here's the thing, I had friendships, I had, you know, somewhat successful relationships, boyfriends. I had money in the bank. I was working multiple jobs. I was doing my webcamming still at this point. Um, you know, all my bills were paid. I, I had a car. I was living in a nice house. I had a couple roommates. So by anyone's standards, especially in that tiny little town, I was like doing really well. I was still doing modeling. I was doing really well. So even at that point, it never occurred to me that I – I knew that I wasn't probably drinking responsibly, but that I actually had a problem. It just didn't occur to me. And I think one of the number one things that people tend to think of when they think about sobriety is like, how am I ever going to have fun again? Not that getting hit by a train was fucking fun. <laughs> it wasn't fun, but we just recall back on these like things like, whoa, that was so wild, right, Karen? Like, ha ha, CJ, remember you were dancing on top of the table and oh my God, you're so wild and crazy. Ha ha. You wonder, I know I did, and I've heard from many people, how am I going to have fun? What is that going to look like for me? What am I going to even be like? Am I going to ever be able to make a business deal? You know, what does everyone say when they sit down to a business deal? Do you want to drink? Let's go for drinks and discuss business. Or, you know, we did the business deal. Let's have a drink to celebrate or, you know, to the ladies brunch or to, you know, in anywhere. I got invited to some yoga thing the other day that was like, yoga and champagne i'm like why the fuck do i want to do yoga 
hot yoga and then have champagne? What the fuck? But when you were drinking, that would have been a great idea. Fuck the yoga. Because I 100% would have done that. Yeah, I'd have been like, give me the champagne now. Like, why are we doing this yoga thing? But think about how much drunker you would get after you had like sweated everything out. And you know what I mean? Like had a workout. Like, oh my God, what a great time to drink champagne. That's like what pops into my head. And you know what? That's the thing too is I think that's what you know, you feel less maybe guilty even in that moment. Well, I just worked out. I said, I deserve this. Right. And I'm just like, damn, you know, there's so many, we don't even realize the, the ways that it's subconsciously ingrained Mm and everything. And I feel like, um, especially being in the content creation business and modeling, traveling, doing the photo shoots, it's, you, you just don't know what your next step is going to be. When I used to go to like a party or to a function, I'd beeline for the bar. Mm-hmm. I I would have never thought to stop and introduce myself to people. And then I'd get hammered and I'd wonder, well, why didn't I make any connections? You know, yeah. why didn't I seem to like yeah. stand out to anyone tonight? Well, because I was wasted, you know, an hour in. And so I think that's also the thing too, is it's like, is it really all that fun mm-hmm. I didn't even realize I wasn't really having that much fun it was just so natural to beeline to the bar when I was going to a function and to get drunk or to catch a buzz and it, you you do you have to relearn how to do things how yeah. to have fun but it's it's possible I do all the same shit now and I think that's really what I want to hammer home I do all the same stuff I still go to the parties. I still go to the events. I'm still doing the photo shoots. I still travel. I'm dating. Um, I'm dating somebody who's in the program now. But before then, I had dated somebody who was very much drinking and did and was doing like shrooms and stuff. And I wouldn't date anybody that's doing like a hard drug. But like if you're going to drink some alcohol and do a little bit of shrooms, that's fine. That wasn't that wasn't the issue why we broke up. But the um you know, some people are just doing it a lot better than what I did. And that looks fun. So you see that the normies, we call y'all, um, having a good time, just taking a few mushroom caps or a few mushroom chocolates, a few drinks. And you're like, wow, this looks so fun. Knowing full well that if I took like two mushroom caps or two shots and they stop, I'm like, fuck yeah, the, the party is going I am ready to go and then I'd be on a bender for like three or four days that's not fun and then yeah. I would hate myself when it came time to do like a podcast I'd be like sitting there like you know and that's not fun that yeah. part of it isn't fun yeah or like it's just like we lack that off button yes exactly yeah, yeah I for sure there was one time where I like busted in the back of a restaurant because it was after 2 a.m and all the poor guys back there cooking I'm like give me the cooking wine and they were like <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. Just give it to me in a coffee cup now. Nobody will know. And they did. They were shocked. Wait, had you been eating there previously? Yeah, or I was just- eating, but I was ready to drink. And they were, I kept asking other people and like different waiters and waitresses. And they were like, no, we don't have any. And I'm like, you don't have any in this whole restaurant? And I was like wearing a hot little dress. And so I was like so annoyed, so irritated. I think I'd even sent out somebody else. Just go to a um, like a gas station and just get me a little something. And they're like, everything's closed down. Yeah. And so I went, I cooking wine. I'm like, went in the back slat, like door flew open. The men were like, 
shocked. And I'm like, and I had a plan already in my mind. Give me the cooking wine and just give it to me in a coffee cup. And the guy's like, okay, okay. You know, like, just please get out of here, you crazy person. And so these are like, I would stop at nothing. Yeah. And it, it got to the point where it wasn't fun. And now I'm having so much fucking fun, so much fun. And I would have never imagined that I would be able to have like a good sober life. And so I feel so compelled to talk about it, especially as a younger person. People don't – I think our generation doesn't really know what life could look like without the alcohol or the drugs Mm -hmm. because it's just so – and like the mushrooms thing and the ketamine now is so – it's getting ingrained. It's not so much alcohol anymore. You know, it was cigarettes back in the day. Now it's like if you're smoking a cigarette, people are like, what's what's going on with that person over there smoking a cigarette, you know? Now alcohol is a little bit like that. It's like people aren't really getting belly up to the bar as much anymore. The drinking culture has dipped a little bit. I believe that's factual. Y'all can call me on it if you need to, but um, I believe it has dipped. Now it's more like a mushroom or like a ketamine thing, which I'm all for if you can use it normally. I just know I can't. Yeah. <laughs> if one mushroom's good, like give me a hundred. I'm like yeah. growing the mushrooms in the back of my house next week. You know, I'm like, I'm starting a business, guys. Meanwhile, I'm like doing them all to myself. And isn't it like such a relief? I mean, for me, you know, they talk a lot about we talk a lot about freedom. Yeah. I mean, I was a slave. Yes. To that stuff. Yep. Like it was, and if I wasn't drinking, I was obsessing over where I was getting the next drink from, when it was coming. Even when I was drinking, I wasn't enjoying it because I was obsessing about the fear of running out. I mean, I used to go to the liquor store and I used to buy two little bottles of vodka because I always got the little, because I like to travel. I like to be able to put it in my purse and take it with me. Okay. Um, And so I buy two and I was like, I'm only going to buy two because then that's all I'm going to drink. If I only buy two, the minute I get home, I drink those two. Oh shit, I better go back to the liquor store and buy more before this kicks in and I'm yeah. too drunk. Yes. And so like I it I, I would take like and I had like three liquor stores yep. that I would go to differently so they didn't think yeah. I was a fucking alcoholic. Yeah. And just like the lengths that I went to to try to control and manage it was like yeah. obscene and it just didn't work. But it feels natural in that moment. So I think that's the crazy thing too, is were you having fun at that point? No. No. Our brains naturally go to, oh, my God, how am I ever going to, like, live my life? Right. I wouldn't say that, you know, oscillating in between three different liquor stores, you're, like, yes. having a fulfilling life or that you're having fun. But that was, like, the natural state that your brain was in. So that's, like, what you knew. That's yeah. what your body knew. So it's familiar. I think more so than giving up the drinking, it's the scary part of, like, having to relearn everything and yeah. the unfamiliarness of it. But I I promise you, like, if you're ever, you know, if you think you might have a problem and you're sober curious or anything like that, it is fucking fun. We're having fun over here. Okay. I promise you. And um, I just can't, like, stress that enough. It's hard. It's yeah. hard at first. Totally hard. It's yeah. the hardest thing you'll ever do. But for me, it gave me so much confidence getting yes. sober because I was like, if I can do that yeah. and I've given birth, yeah, fucking getting sober is harder. And I'm like, if I can do that, I can do anything. Anything. There's nothing I can't do because that crawling out of that fucking deep, dark pit that I had been in for most of my life was the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm -hmm. And um, but it's like being on the other side is it's incredible. And just Mm -hmm. the yeah, again, the freedom. Like, I don't have to worry about people going into my purse. Like if my husband's like, I need to get your keys, Mm -hmm. like what they might find in there Mm -hmm. or like in my closet. Like I don't have secrets anymore. Yeah. 
you know, which is like such a, oh, yeah. I was People are like, how do you everything. do anything now? And I'm like, I don't know how I did anything before. Before, yeah. yeah. Like you were saying, even driving. Yeah. Like how was I driving? I couldn't, I couldn't make it home from like a shoot or something without stopping and getting those little bottles. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't wait till I got home to drink. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't wait that long, mm-hmm. like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I drink in the morning sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because like how am I going to start? How am I going to get through the day without right. drinking? Right. And if it wasn't alcohol, it was marijuana because I had to have something. Mm-hmm. So if I wasn't drunk, I was stoned. You know, um, I just it was just it was awful. It was it was absolutely terrible. And I just like every day I swear to fucking God, I'm so grateful I'm sober. Yeah. And you, and it wasn't that you were having fun in that moment. It's just what you knew naturally at yeah. that time. So it was just like now we're having fun and we're doing things. But sometimes it still feels a little unnatural. You're like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't drive. But a lot of my sober friends that drive, they're like a police officer will get behind me and I'll be like, I still have a panic. Yeah. Attack. Yeah. I know like, that. Oh, shit. There's yeah. not, they're not going to find anything. Exactly. It wasn't speeding. Exactly. But it's still like and yes. still, you know, the the the. The, the one sentence that people can say to me that still gives me so much anxiety is, do you remember what you did last night? Oh, God. Or do you remember <laughs> that? Like, I still like yeah. if someone's like, oh, my God, do you remember? And not in a way of like you were drunk, but like, do you remember last night when something An happened? There's a question. And the fear and anxiety that gripped me because I'm like and still sometimes to this day, because I used to black out all the time. Yeah. People will say, you know, if they say something like on the line ugh, along the lines of well don't you remember like yeah. this happened and i am like sh- confident yes. that that did not happen because yeah. i was sober and i know but there's still a part of my brain is like Scared. maybe yeah. you don't you know what i mean yeah. it like wakes up that lizard brain of like maybe you did something because yeah. i've had full-on blackouts mm-hmm. where i've had conversations with people i've i remember once <laughs> i booked a shoot with joanna angel this is so long ago I booked a shoot with Joanna Angel when I was drunk, and I I guess she didn't realize. (laughs) I talked to her on the phone. I had a long conversation with her about it. I scrawled, like, I used to have a whiteboard that was, like, a date, like, all these dates. And I scrawled across, like, three squares of days, Joanna Angel. (laughs) And I was, like, and the next morning, I'm, like, Fuck. Like, what does this mean? And I like, you know, and I we didn't know each other very well at the time. I think it was like one of our first times working together. And I was like, and so I like called her and trying to like extract the information right. from her about what we talked about and what day we planned right. without revealing to her that I had no right. recollection of our conversation. Oh, like, oh God, it was the worst. Oh. Very sorry, Joanna. <laughs> She's like, I never knew. Oh my god! Yeah, I I think I told her You're the like, story. This is Danica Patrick's assistant. Yeah. <laughs> she Holly would like to know what we talked about last night. I'm I'm just the assistant. Just let me know. I know. I did. I did think I did tell her about it a couple of years later, and right. she was like, I don't remember like that. That's but. that's. But isn't that the thing too? It's like most people don't recall but you remember that as yeah. like just this low point and you have all this shame around it too and you're yeah. just like oh my god it's like so nice not to 
have that anymore. Now I get to have shame for other things. <laughs> you get <laughs> to have other things to have shame about. You could be ashamed about things that you did in sobriety yeah. with like full knowledge and yeah. like collection of your facilities and like right. things that you did in absolute full sobriety. You can yeah. be ashamed. Of yeah. Things. I'm like, now I just do dumb shit and I can remember the thing in its entirety. And I'm like, Oh God, a blackout sure would be nice right about. Yeah. Now. I would love to have something to blame that on, but no, I was just being an asshole. Yep. It happens. <laughs> God. Well, CJ, thank you so much for coming on. It's thank been such a pleasure. Me. I feel like we could go on forever, but I know you you have a meeting, so I'm going to let you get your business done. Maybe maybe another day. Definitely. Um, can you tell everybody where they can find you online? And your podcast, we didn't even get to the oh! fact that you have your own podcast. So yeah. go ahead and do all your plugs. Um, I have my Inside Only Fans podcast. I'm one half. It's uh, myself and Kayla Loren. That's at Inside Only Fans. That's on Instagram. And my Instagram, C-J-S-P-A-R-X-X. Only two X's, y'all. We're we're not at that third one quite yet. We might never be. Um, and then CJ Sparks on Twitter. Uh, CJ doing things with a Z on YouTube. I have like some new YouTube videos coming up. Um, yeah, so we're just we're trying to be everywhere. We're having a lot of fun. Now that I'm sober, I have all this extra time. So we're getting things done in life. That's <laughs> oh, and my. OnlyFans, uh, CJ Sparks fans, and CJ Sparks free. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I'll send them over. And then before we wrap up, I just do want to – I had a couple of just one comment and one question from a Patreon member. I just don't want to forget these. Um, Richard says, as a son of a woman who was sober 50 years before her death at 93, I am so proud when I see posts of people who are fighting the battle every day. Thank you, Richard. And then Michael Lee says, hey, it's Michael from New York. Um, this sentence is a little bit convoluted. I'm not entirely sure what he's saying. Did you know who are these podcasts? Did a review on OnlyFans Inside. Please check it. Who who are these? Is um, that a- I know. Maybe he's asking about the guests. Who um, are these? Is that a podcast? Who are these? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know a podcast called Who Are These? I feel like maybe he's asking if I know the guests. Um, maybe he's saying he d- did a review. I hope you gave us a nice review. I'm not sure. But I know all, a lot of the guests. Um, and then he asks, are you going to be at the AVN Expo? Okay, so um, we did get invited to go and do a podcast at the AVN. But I think uh, the other two people, um, Maximini, who produces it, um, very near and dear friend of mine. I think he's traveling. And then I think also my co-host Kayla is traveling. So unfortunately, I it doesn't look like we're going to be there. Maybe I'll go and meander around and hang out. I'm not quite sure yet. But as of now, we have no plans, unfortunately. Maybe next time. Okay. Um, and I actually will be at uh, the Avian Expo. I will be doing my podcast from the Joy Booth, which is the new Metaverse project that I'm working on. We are actually part of the Browsers Booth. So if you see the Browsers Booth, you will see me there. I will be there um, Wednesday through Saturday. So definitely come stop by. And of course, on uh, social media, you guys can follow me at Instagram at Holly Randall, Twitter at Holly Randall. And of course, if you want to spot this, Sapad. 
Ooh, support I am, the pod. Support the pod. <laughs> tripping over my words today. Support the podcast. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Holly Randall unfiltered and watch interviews like these live and ask questions like Richard and Michael did. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my show and want to support it, I ask that you take the time to rate and review my podcast. Now, if you're not sure how to do that, you can go to ratethispodcast.com slash HRU and you'll automatically be directed to the various podcast apps your device supports and then be led to the place where you can rate my show. Five stars, of course, and leave your glowing review. Okay, it doesn't have to be glowing, but you know, say something nice. You can also financially support this show through my Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Unfiltered, where you get so many perks for your support. Things such as early releases and live recordings of my interviews, merchandise such as stickers, mugs, and hoodies, autographed copies of my photography books, free access to my private Snapchat and not safe for work website hollyrandall.com, and my bonus podcast, My LA Porn Life. Also, join my Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Holly Randall Unfiltered, and you can watch the video versions of these interviews at youtube.com slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. Oh, and of course, sign up for my newsletter at hollyrandallunfiltered.com and get all the info on upcoming guests and special projects. Again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for supporting my podcast in whatever way that you can. We live in a vastly different world than even a decade ago. And I feel like now people are starting to look at relationships differently as well. It's really interesting to see how human relationships are changing, which is why you guys should be listening to the Multiamory podcast, part, of course, of the Pleasure Podcast Collective. If you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, make sure that you check these guys out. Here's what they have to say about their show. Let's face it, relationships can be tough, and it's even tougher to find quality advice when you need it. That's why we spend hours looking at the latest research to help you understand which relationship advice is gold and which advice is garbage. We're the hosts of the Multiamory podcast podcast, a weekly show dedicated to helping your relationships become happier and healthier. This is not your mother's relationship advice show. Whether you are monogamous, polyamorous, swinging, casually dating, or if you just do relationships differently, we see you and we're here for you. Check out what some of our listeners have to say. I can always find an episode to help me process and find perspective with whatever it is that I'm going through in the moment. You're addressing both healthy and unhealthy habits has really shaped my strive to be as a partner and a person. Sometimes I read a title and I'm like, this one isn't going to apply to me. And then listen to it anyway. And it always does. <laughs> so if you're tired of one-size-fits-all relationship advice, check out Multiamory with over 400 episodes and new episodes every week.